0: Our readings today in a very powerful way are about choices, about choosing. What do you do at the moment of decision? See the Israelites with Joshua at Shechem, are they going to stick with Yahweh or not? You See the disciples with Jesus after this long dialogue we've been going through for the last several weeks, are they going to accept that he really is the bread of life? And John pulls no punches, he tells us many, not a few, but many found that message too hard, too hard to stay with him and they turned away. So we talk a lot about choices in the spiritual life to be sure, but what does that look like? It's one thing to say, I'm going to choose God or I'm going to choose Christ, but what does that look like in the everydayness of life? What does it look like when you wake up in the morning and you have to decide? Usually not consciously, I get that, but am I going to stay in this relationship? Am I going to be faithful to the vows that I made or the promises? Am I going to be faithful to the decisions I discerned at a different period in my life? I'd like to suggest that the reading which really represents in a very visceral rubber-hits-the-road kind of way in The selections we have this morning is not the first reading with Joshua or the third reading with Jesus, but it's the second reading. And if you picked out your Bibles from the pews in front of you, don't do that, but if you did it right now, you would see that a choice was made. A choice was made here, as a choice is being made in every Catholic church all over the world, and that's whether we're going to do the long version of this reading or the short one. And the long version of this reading, as you probably know, is that after Paul talks about the opening line there, be submissive, he talks about, you know, wives be submissive to your husbands and all these variations, lots of submission talk. And I can understand why that gets left out for different reasons, because unless you roll up your sleeves and really wade into the letter to the Ephesians and try to understand all the nuances and the cultural conditioning, It can seem jarring, but I bet also this year, perhaps more than many others, the shorter version was chosen because this doesn't seem to be a time at all to talk about being submissive to the leaders of a family or the leaders of the church. What if that submission is offered in good faith and it's betrayed? Lots of different reasons for choosing the short version. But unfortunately, in the Christian spiritual life, there really is no short version. We can delude ourselves into thinking there is one. We can pretend that there's a short version tantalizingly right at our fingertips because the long version can be hard for lots of different reasons. And even setting aside all that's going on in the church right now, we, every one of us, have before us long and short versions in our lives for the very same reason that some would find that middle reading challenging. I don't want to submit or I don't want to be faithful. It's difficult. I don't want to have to live with this person in this relationship. I don't want to have to hold on to this part of my own past. I don't want to have to wade into the painful messiness of maybe where life is heading me. Long and short versions of life And you'll never cease to be tempted with the short version. What is it that allows us to take the long version? What is it that allows us to start with page one and go on chapter after chapter, even when we just as soon cut out some and get ahead to the happier ending? I think the answer to that is given in the first and third readings. In the first reading, the Israelites give a reason for why they're going to stick with Joshua. They don't just say, well, you know, you're the boss, so I guess we better do it. They tell him, we know this God. We know this God. He was with us from the beginning. Even in the midst of struggles and hard times when it would be so easy to ignore or walk away, we do remember who he was and who he is. And in the face of the temptation to take the shorter version in our lives, now perhaps more than ever, is the important time to think about, how did I get here? What is it that led all of you to wake up this morning and show up here when lots of others have decided, I can't go today and maybe not ever again? What is it that allows us to stay in our marriages, in our families, in the job that seemingly is struggling and lifeless? What is it that allows us to keep turning the page of the long version? now is the time to really say, Lord, what does that relationship look like over the years? I just came from an early Mass with the seminarians. When a guy goes into seminary, he's asked to write a fairly lengthy application essay. And it's this long rehearsal of how he got there. And it's not just what he thinks, and it's not just what he hopes for the future, but it's reflecting on who his family has been and what those relationships have looked like the main choices that he's made over the course of his life. And sometimes the temptation there is to take the short version. And I'll tell you as someone who reads through every one of those, you can spot it a mile away. You can see when someone has chosen to convey the long version and when someone had just as soon not go there. Most of us don't write those kinds of essays, but every one of us has the ability to do it with a little reflection And I'm not suggesting that doesn't happen. But we know what it's like to want to shy away from the longer version. The disciples there with Jesus, Peter so powerfully, where else could we go? You are the one. Where else could I turn? And yet, not so long after that, we know where Peter turned. We know that in the garden, he turned away from Jesus and went in the other direction. We have incredible, incredible strains and stresses upon us that give us reasons to say, I'll turn the other way. I thought this was the way, but maybe I felt betrayed. And certainly we all know that this looks like something now in our church. I don't want to take us away from the long version, and yet it is important to remember that we are not the ones who wrote the book. We are not the ones, however poor an author we might be at times, who constructed the vision, the narrative. I won't just tell you the short version, though. There were some new things that came out overnight you may be aware of, possibly even implicating the Holy Father. But in the midst of all of that, we are not the authors, and the temptation to take the shorter version can be overwhelming. But now, perhaps more than ever, as I said at the start of the Mass, is to remember that we are the body of Christ because of the body of Christ that is confected there at the altar that we take in. And we are not the body of Christ with a footnote or an asterisk saying, well, but not really. We are the body of Christ as much as everyone else in the church, those who've made good decisions, those who've made heinous ones, and the mercy and the hope of the Lord that the Israelites drew on at Shechem maybe 3,000 years ago, that the disciples drew on with Jesus at the banks of the Jordan 2,000 years ago, that led every single one of you to wake up this morning and say, this is the place I have to be. This is what the long version looks like. It began long before we got here, and it's not going away. Much, much easier said than done. But perhaps if we just make our words Peter's, where else would we go? We can just remind ourselves, how did we get here in the first place? And the one that drew us here is never going away.